1: working on this when I first moved to New York City. uh, I've always worked more than one job. I've always worked essentially retail or in some way people-facing. And it's not always easy. Uh, Especially when you see, like about 10 years ago is when we started seeing a lot of these uh, articles saying that millennials are killing this business or that business. and So for me this, this play is incredibly personal. I've had to write it and rewrite it based on all sorts of political factors, um, there being healthcare readily available, thanks to Barack Obama, there suddenly being a threat to that healthcare, thanks to Donald Trump, uh, the fact that I've had to rewrite an entire speech, the president is a character, and it started off as George W. Bush, then I had to rewrite it for President Obama, now, well, it's definitely... Honestly, I think that this is my favorite speech, not because it's good or I'm happy with what he's saying, but because I think this one hits the hardest. And basically, I'll let the ad do its thing. I'll let Silas and I do our talking. But I want to warn you we started this, we did this recording a couple of, (laughs) maybe a month and a half ago. Uh, I know in our Patreon exclusive chat, we actually talk about Marie Kondo. Um, because information just moves that that quickly so thank you so much again we will be able to update a lot more regularly um the things that you should know about me is at the end of april i'm going to be out in uh i'm going to be out in new hampshire there's an entire writer's weekend i'll put the link in the description that i'm going to be a special guest teacher for uh as well as my good friend robin bennis who's a fellow trans woman and an amazing writer Um, her editor is my wife Diana Foe and I want to say a very special thanks and shout out to her uh, because she was recently nominated for her second Hugo Uh, while my wife is a cis woman it's still one of those things that I'm incredibly proud of her and I think it's amazing and she's always looking for diverse voices and voices that don't often get heard in sci-fi so shout out to of the show, Diana Faux. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode, there will be a lot more to come, thank you all so much for everything that you do, thank you. Are you annoyed that the Millennials are being blamed for the death of napkins, diamonds, personal submarines, Applebee's, Toys R Us, and every other industry? Do you or someone you know have crippling debt, no time for anything because you work multiple jobs but still can't seem to catch a break? Do you search the internet for symptoms to see if you need to go to urgent care rather than schedule regular doctor visits? Well, we don't have easy answers, but this play may be up your alley. Generation Lazy is a satirical comedy about the economy and the millennial, or Give Me Generation. Margaret Chatterley is a 30-something-year-old woman living in a tent in her parents' backyard, holding down two minimum-wage jobs and one internship, and is utterly convinced she's dying. Whether from the stress or the absurdity, As Margaret struggles to get enough hours and pay to justify her existence, she may just take some drastic measures before society slowly crushes her. Generation Lazy is happening April 9th through the 12th at 8pm at the Tank, and that's right in New York City, right on 36th Street. If you want more information as well as to purchase tickets, visit GenerationLazy.com. That's GenerationLazy.com. Com. If you want to find more information, including uh, more information about our director, Emily Rose Parman, uh, our producers, myself, as well as Laura Fox, you can check us out at generationlazy.com. That is generationlazy.com. The music from this ad is Dreamcatcher by Kevin McLeod. You can find more at incompetech.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Is It Transphobic Podcast. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her pronouns. And today I'm being joined by... Silas Barrett. And I use he, him pronouns. Awesome. And today we are talking about the movie that I honestly did not hear until I googled Netflix and transphobia. Uh, (laughs) Sierra Burgess is a loser. Uh, Silas, had you heard about this before I suggested you listened or rather watched this movie?
0: No. I think I might have like scrolled by it because when you said it, I went, maybe, but I don't know. I don't think I'd heard anything.
1: Yeah. I like I say, like I was just kind of looking for material and I came across this and I was like, okay, this would be fine. I have no idea what it is. I actually didn't even read any of the articles talking about its transphobia or potential transphobia. uh, Just that, okay, people are talking about it. And if people are talking about it. Maybe we should talk about it Um, By the way thank you hello Ariel Thank you for joining us and watching Um, So What are your immediate Impressions let's not necessarily Get into a lot of the the transphobic Stuff yet but like what what how did You feel about this movie
0: Okay So I have two the first is That the The actress who plays Veronica Looks a lot like my youngest sister And it was really distracting (laughs) When I was trying to watch And the second one I think And this observation uh, Can sort of apply like Can sort of uh, inform a lot of what we're going to talk about But the thing that's weird About teen movies Movies about teenagers In this sort of genre Is they're written by people Who are not teenagers So even if they sort of do their due diligence and do their research, they're obviously going to tell stories that somehow relate to their own teenage experience. That's, you know, generally why or at least part of where they're coming from. So you get this really weird hodgepodge of like sort of very accurate to the moment sort of, yes, this is what teens are really like. And some really things and you're like, that is like 90s teens, not, you know, 2018 teens and It's I, I saw that a lot in this And I think that some of the like Transphobia And other problematic things Some of them struck me as coming out of Sort of a This is how people talked in the 90s But I know that kids are still talking about gender And things like that So I should probably put that in But I don't actually understand the nuances Of how that conversation has changed For you know people who are still in high school And you know other things.
1: <laughs> yeah, there there was a lot of um like how how can I put this? Like it it there were a lot of problematic elements beyond just transphobia that I noticed too and and a lot of it was just sort of it, it almost felt like people didn't notice so it Like, not didn't notice, but it almost felt like they, they like, because you know that with something like this, where there's a big enough budget that it's passed through the hands of a lot of people, uh, people have probably added things, people have probably taken things out, and I don't know how much of it is reflective in, like, just kind of what you were saying, that idea of, like, this is someone who is older reminiscing about their childhood and maybe doing some research and talking to the youth about what they're up to and what they're what, what's being talked about but at the same time it just felt really disconnected and old
0: yeah, yeah. Um, especially when the adults are talking the adults always talk to the children the way the script writer was talked to when they were a teenager mm. and it, it can often it, like really throw me out of the moment you know and, and this movie I actually think was better than a lot of teen movies like the way that the texting works and the way they you know sort of critiqued selfieism, like In a real way and not in a sort of like Teens are so vain and sexual way Like a a lot of the things they actually felt Like they hit a little bit better And then like her parents I was like These these are parents that we had Like these are like Not because her parents Shouldn't be that much old like they should be just On the cusp of between baby boomer And millennial so they should Be more like us and they're really Not and I thought that was like really Interesting and strange Yeah
1: i mean i so the the things that I actually really enjoyed there was uh particularly talking about the because the whole the whole point of the movie is it's sort of a modern day ish Cyrano de Bergerac story, and so it's one person uh who is the the smarts talking to the person that they are attracted to, but using someone else's uh visage as their um, like as as the sort of like you're gonna say this because it's gonna sound amazing coming out of your mouth because you are already so attractive. Um, and I what I really loved was there were a lot of good modern day adaptation moments of it, like specifically the the lag, like that was yes. good, that was brilliant, yes.
0: like, that might have been the cleverest thing in the entire film. Yeah. That yeah, should I explain what it, yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. so they. He wants to FaceTime with her, but of course she's been texting as her real self, and then is pretending to be the other person. So they set it up so he can see the 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 face, which is like became wrestling, so he can see the face (laughs) of the person he thinks he's talking to, and then the the Sierra No de Bergerac, the character um, Sierra, is saying the words, and they and she just like retroactively mouths them. So that it looks like she's saying them And there's just a lag between the video and the audio And I was just, it blew my mind I was like, somebody actually put some thought into How do we, like, how do we make this work? Because it's so hard, right? You can't, you're not exchanging love letters And all phones have cameras in them now So you can't really just be like Oh, I just can talk to someone for a long period of time Without ever seeing their face Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was really good
1: well, in the, the inciting incident, because I realized as we were describing this, oh, we gotten a little bit ahead of ourselves. So people who haven't seen it, uh, A, we're going to be spoiling it, but B, um, the whole caveat with this was that they, uh, essentially the, the popular pretty girl, uh, this guy walks over to her and tries to hit on her, and so she gives him sarah burgess who is as the title would make you believe a loser uh it gives her so she gives him her number instead uh so he starts texting with her but she pretends to be this pretty popular girl and so that's where we run into this basically she agrees to help the pretty popular girl with her grades uh and or wait because it was something it was it was
0: her college boyfriend dumped her for being too dumb.
1: So, and that
0: comes around in the plot later, but we'll get yeah. there. But yeah, so she was like, "Make me sound, sm- make me know about Plato and stuff so I can impress a college boy." Um, it's Sierra's idea. It's Sierra's whole scheme.
1: Yeah. Like basically Sierra finds out that she's been dumped by her college her college-age boyfriend, which how old are these kids? Are they ju- juniors? These I mean,
0: I think they're juniors But they might even be Seniors It's sort of hard to tell What time does Homecoming happen Because homecoming Is a football thing And I don't understand What it is Or when it happens So like If they were like Early in their senior year Or end of junior year I think Depending on what time Of year homecoming
1: happens yeah. Because that was that was not made immediately clear, and so in my head these were freshmen, even though that makes no sense. Uh, But I'm just like I'm seeing them as freshmen, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my college boyfriend. It was like Jesus, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like so, so for me it was just very like a. There was it was bad on so many levels. Uh, But then it was like okay. Um, So she starts. So basically, she has uh, the the pretty popular girl. Do uh, uh, take some pictures and do some things. Nothing bad. She does offer for some reason, like the whole like, oh yeah, you know, I can send you some nudes. You know, oh you're so not normal. Why would you not want to send nudes? It was just yeah, it was really sketchy.
0: Actually, given the 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 plot line for her and her boyfriend yeah. like that made sense to me and she she literally offered after she was like crying over like her mom and sisters being horrible to her and so in that moment i was like oh this is like a self deprecation moment she's like i know what i'm good for being naked in a picture i'm not the smart one both of my mom my mom has been on my case about this my boyfriend dumped me cuz he said i was stupid so that kind of made sense to me. that seemed like her like a very sort of realistic reaction, especially for someone her age
1: yeah yeah, I see that i I just feel like a lot of the the changes were not earned like and that's the thing like like she was so. Apex Predator, not not uh, not in the same way as her boyfriend, but like Apex Predator, like I'm the I'm the queen bitch. I've got a best thing to say to you, and I'm mean, and you suck, and there's nothing redeeming about me. And then of course there's something redeeming about her. But
0: I mean, I don't know. I kind of liked her journey better than Sierra's, really. But the whole the and this is one of the problems with Netflix. Netflix specials and, and movies that they make in general,
1: or just a single Netflix, yeah. Yes. All of the flick, or one flick, <laughs> yeah, just
0: yeah. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're so formulaic, yeah. Because they look at all the you know information about what people are watching, and they just cherry pick it and smash it in, and then they go, "Here, you love this," and it kind of works, right? You you know you get a lot of things that people are kind of crazy about, even if they aren't that good, like Stranger Things.
1: I mean, I love Stranger Things, but I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm not saying that don't watch it. I'm just saying that, like, it, uh, there's a critique there. But anyway, um, so I feel like that's what happened. Within the beats, they did some really good stuff occasionally with, like, emotions and stuff. But the actual, it was just like, and this is a plot line, and this is a plot line, and this is how the these movies go. And I don't really know how to organically get them there and the way that she is like the the mean girls the popular girls are portrayed is just it makes no sense in like the beginning like they don't seem realistic at all to me and she you know as soon as she gets into like actually having a, a friendship with Sierra you start to see a depiction that still like speaks to you know being a popular girl and the insecurities that and the meanness that she has but it it seems much more natural and real. It's just everything in the beginning just seems like here's your trope. Here you go. This is the story we're gonna tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost died when she calls her Frodo. She's like, get out of the mirror, Frodo. And Sierra's like, actually, I think you mean Quasimodo. And like, there's this whole suggestion that Veronica is trying to make a like a comment about The no- Hunchback of Notre Dame and says a name from Lord of the Rings instead and this speaks i think to this i i made all these claims about how teen movies are, are written by and I, as now a 33 year old i'm same age as batman i realized that i can no longer be sure if it's not what the way it i was like she knows what frodo is like nerddom is main culture but and then i was like no okay how old is she like to, to kids that are in high school right now are those movies like Old movies that no one would be caught dead watching. I don't actually know.
1: So, I'll <laughs> be talking about uh, talking about the Marvel Universe, Spider Man. <laughs> like, hey, have you seen that old movie, Aliens? Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, but he does that all the time. Oh, yeah. He references movies, and he's always like this old movie. And I'm like, you've clearly seen all of yeah. them. Stop lying. Like, he's just trolling Tony. Uh, he's just like, you know what'll make Tony feel really uncomfortable if I insinuate this movie came out when he was my age is old.
1: I think okay so so just on the <laughs> but on the note of the frodo thing and I didn't I was kind of at that point like I was listening I was watching I did give it a real honest watch, but at the same time I was kind of like uh, it's not gripping me yet so I'm kind of like my 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 words are not coming out today my mind kind of wandered Um, and so in that conversation, it was just like, okay, I remember hearing you're called Frodo, and then, like, I don't know if it was, like, go ring the bells, Frodo, or if it was, like, get out of here, Frodo, because if it was just throwing out Frodo, then Sierra's just adding more insults to herself. It was like, okay, so that's another person you can be, (laughs) like, Like, I mean, maybe she did mean Frodo, maybe she's calling her a hairy-footed, tiny person in like I don't I don't know like that is gonna go to Mount Doom like I don't know <laughs> yeah where where was the train of logic in this but yeah
0: yeah yeah I don't know it was no she told her to get away like get out of the mirror okay. Frodo before you break it and so Sierra's response is like oh you mean Quasimodo who was like so horrendously ugly that like he would shatter mirrors mm-hmm. which I don't remember from reading Hunchback of Notre Dame but that was a long time ago yeah. I I, This is like Are you smarter than a high schooler Like no She's read it recently And I haven't Um, But I think I think that was sort of like What the play was Which like If she was just calling her Frodo Like that makes sense to me too Like I think generally Most people If they called you a hobbit Would mean it as an insult Like there's a small Percentage of people Who would mean it as a compliment But Mm -hmm. That's a very specific group So I was like I was just ready to go with it I was like At least it's a modern reference Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah 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 No, I agree. Um, So I'm curious about, like... (sighs) All right, so let's get into some of the the transphobia. Um, It was not as bad as it could have been, in my opinion. But at the same time, it was very present and constant. And that's kind of how I felt it was. Um, I wrote down every time that I noticed something. I'm going to pick up my notes. Um, Basically... So immediately immediately 5 minutes in uh trans people are a joke. Like they they made some sort of I forget what it was, but one of the popular girl's friends says something like, "Oh, are you going to write about a poem about how you're a, like you're you're trans? That's so progressive of you." <laughs> <I'm> like,
0: uh... <laughs> and and this is sort of I think one of the things that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this idea of like the people who are writing it are older. Cause that, does, that sounds like something somebody would have said like in when I was in high school, you know, that like it was still, you know, you we're calling people gay and you were calling, you know, sort of no one. I don't think anybody I knew was really aware of like trans being transgender, but this idea of like, if you don't behave your way, like, Oh, you're being so girly or you're being, you know, like you're tall, you're a man, you know, like was pretty standard. And while I'm sure there's still plenty of, you know, queer and transphobic teenagers, it's not like none of them are. It did not sound like the kind of insults that I wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, that's realistic. Like, they're, they go to a big school in like, what, California? It was hard to tell. But like, it was a big school. And I was like, you're telling me like, there's no, we don't see any queer kids the entire film. And and it's like really strangely dated insults it was it was odd
1: well we do see two cis gay um kids in it her friend and her friend who is like basically in the first five like five minutes also we see her walking to school with her friend who is very queer coded and dan Dan.
0: her her main friend dan dan
1: and he's they're walking by and they they see like oh now they've got cars that's just unfair and then she's like you know you don't have to date that guy just cuz he's the only other gay guy in the school and he goes that you know of so there so there are two okay. but- i missed that and i did
0: have a lot of questions about why he was so like traditionally queer coded and it was never addressed and that's why because it was boring and i missed it <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: pretty much Not bad. <laughs>
1: Uh, So yeah, so then seven minutes and 20 seconds in, uh, some jocks run into her and then say, sorry, dude, didn't see you there. And I'm not sure. The thing is, I'm not even sure if that was meant to be a transphobic thing or if it just happened to be one, but.
0: Well, I think think it's transphobic on the part of the creators. Like, I feel like. The point is to be, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to be Sierra because sometimes people think she's a man, you know, and later we'll talk about how people, you know, criticize her for her size and, you know, for other qualities, you know, and that one especially struck out to me because he says it, it sounds genuine, the line delivery sounds like, oh, I'm sorry, man, like, dude, um, you know, and it's, and I think that's what makes it transphobic because I could really buy just like kids to sort of like, you know, out of context, like it's still not nice, But it sounds more to me like, I I called you a man, I'm so clever, rather than like, I've pointedly thought about how I'm afraid of trans people, and now I'm going to push that off on you. It's just like, stupid crap versus the narrative being like, and one of the hard things about being a, I'm sorry, the actress who plays Sierra is beautiful, by the way, which they always do. This is like the new thing, like, oh, we'll have slightly more body types, but then... We'll still have these people These you know They're actresses They're gorgeous They make them look lovely All the time And then they're just like Oh this person And you're like She still deals with fat phobia But also like There are some people Who are gonna notice That she's real pretty Yeah Which is the other thing That's weird
1: yeah, like, and and just to kind of bring it up, also, there are some that will probably say that, oh, just because someone calls someone else dude doesn't mean that it's specifically transphobic. Oh, dude can mean a lot of things. Okay, I'm open to that, but a like, there's so many other there's so many other moments in this that it feels very pointed. Uh, and so that's and that's one of those things when you're looking at a piece of media, if there are if there is a lot of evidence to state one thing, which is that they're essentially. Saying you're ugly because you look like a man, than to have somebody casually just call her dude. I mean, it adds up. It's there. If this was a thing where other characters were just using dude to call other characters in general, if they called the super pretty like uh, popular girls like, hey dudes, all right, yeah, I'm
0: I'm with it. Also, something they did in my high school like yeah. everybody was dude. And it's the you know the good burger. I'm a dude. You're a dude. Like That was a thing in sort of the 90s and early aughts. I don't know if it still is. Do teenagers still call themselves dudes? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I feel really old. I feel like like I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, They might. (laughs) Teens, please write to Is a Transphobic and let us know do you call each other dude? (laughs) Um, So then it took a little while to get to the next one. About 24 minutes and 4 seconds. Uh, Then you're add to what does that say hold on oh man I really thought it was oh yeah then you're added crazy then add crazy pills to your hormone pills and really you need diet pills
0: yeah I I couldn't even understand what she was saying I was just like did you what it was that was bizarre and and it was so like uh, so uh, Veronica the popular girl Has just been broken up with And she's literally crying And run down the hallway And Sierra goes to follow her To propose her grand scheme um, And she's like finds her like Sitting on the floor of the hallway crying And she immediately comes out With this like random Transphobic Non-neurotypical phobic Like fat phobic Like slew of comments And like plot wise like structurally like you're like oh here is the bully in a moment of vulnerability just throwing everything she's got at her Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so it feels so lazy Mm -hmm. and sierra eventually tells her when she's like having all her emotional breakdowns about not being smart and she's like no you are smart think of all the clever insults you come up with like it's and i was just like not only are they not clever, but Sierra herself is constantly acknowledging how bad the insults are. Like when she calls her Frodo, and she's like, you mean Quasimodo. Like the whole thing. And it's even acted. Like she's clearly been directed to act. Like she doesn't really care about it. Yeah. And then she's – but apparently they she did the whole time. It's
1: very unclear. Cool. I mean, I, w- I will say I did like that she kind of – played it in a way that was very like all right yep this affects me but whatever i'm used to it at this point because it did feel very realistic as opposed to like if we were just watching somebody just constantly getting berated and constantly just oh no which i'm not saying that's not a a very natural way to respond but from a narrative standpoint we've seen it it gets boring uh, from this it, it was really i hate hated that line because exactly like these were not good these were not hold on what did I write uh let's see no it's no it's mostly transphobia is what I wrote it's literally just like we're just gonna go right from the same bag of just like all right we're gonna we're gonna make fun of this we're gonna make fun of this and it's just like look if these were actually well constructed or if she had A great response to You mean Quasimodo And she was like No I mean you're Frodo I mean that you're gonna Walk across Middle Earth You're gonna throw You're gonna have to Bring your good friend Sam And then you're gonna Have to go climb Mount Doom Because you're an Ugly little cave person I would be into it
0: Yeah I was ready for Okay so the way Bullying really works So you know They all went to A pool party back When they were like Nine And you know Sierra they they decided Sierra had big feet and so everybody's been calling her Frodo like all this time like that's bullying like that's the real deal right there
1: yeah not kind of maybe thinking about Quasimodo and then I got to tell you if I am insulted okay just we got to come back to that if I am insulted by someone and they've messed up the insult and maybe yeah in a moment of like I'm going to show that I'm better than you you mean Quasimodo it's just like You've just insulted yourself again, friend. You've just clarified that I meant to say Quasimodo when I'm insulting you. This is not a good tactic, which they don't play up at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Which if they went with it, if they played that up and was just like, God, I really thought I had her and then I didn't.
0: <laughs> I'm, okay, Right, because she comes back and she's like, I mean that I'm going to stab my eyes out if I have to look at your ugly face anymore. That's what I meant. And I was like, okay, that actually was a good comeback. Yeah. i like, I don't actually care, okay? You're ugly.
1: Yeah, but I don't care you're ugly. It's not like, <laughs> does not qualify as, oh, but you come up with such good comebacks and insults.
0: No, you don't. It's effective. It's not clever. No.
1: Not in the slightest. Um. Okay, don't put your hands on things. Oh, wait. Yeah, don't put... Oh, don't put your man hands on the on the railings. <sighs> yep.
0: That was weird, too.
1: It was literally... Honestly, the way I read that, it was literally just an excuse for the um, writers and production to be able to continue to take jabs at Sierra for, quote-unquote, looking like a man. Which...
0: Like where does that come from Right Like if she was super tall I know that girls who are really tall Often get that sort of like You must be a man thing Or you know if you're really strong Or you like Like what is the quality of Sierra It's never explained Like what is it about her That makes people say It's not a figure It's not a face It's not the way she speaks She's not like an athlete Or any like And I think that's the thing That makes it Like so jarringly obvious And I don't think it would be A good choice either way But it's like An even worse choice To just be like Look This is just the insult Du jour If you're an unpopular girl You must be a dude Mm -hmm. I don't get it
1: Yeah (laughs) Yeah um, let's see, thirty-two fifty-three. Nope, that's where she's like, "Oh, but you're such good." Oh no, wait, 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 twenty-six forty-nine. Uh, are you a lesbian? No, she just has no taste.
0: Okay, but was was that response being like because the, they're they're in the room together and the mom comes in and, and she's like, "Why aren't you with your boyfriend?" Oh, are you a lesbian now? And Sierra says, "No, I'm not a lesbian." And Veronica says, "She just doesn't have good taste." And I was like, "Is Veronica saying that?" she should be a lesbian for her because she's so hot was that is that what she was saying (laughs) i'm like crazy did i make that up it
1: it was Uh, just uh just to throw that out yeah i know i know you're i know when you say crazy you mean like i'm
0: working on removing that from my vocabulary i apologize everyone
1: it's all good but yeah 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 um i i think um yeah like i i i agree like i was very confused by that and it was just like why would you uh, I don't know, it just felt like another reason to just throw an insult of like, oh, so trans people and also lesbians and also just, yeah, fuck it. The smorgasbord of, I almost said smorgasborg. that's not a word. Smorgasbord of just garbage anti-queer insults.
0: That make no sense. Yeah. Like, they're not even clear, obvious, they're just a random jumble of nonsensical insults with like queer coded bigotry in them. Yeah.
1: And then and I wonder if this was somewhat by design at this point. We're at 36 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh she is talking to and I can't remember his name. All of them were very forgettable in my opinion. Uh the dude uh that she is catfishing. Jace? Jace? Jace maybe. What? Yeah, it's it's a name. Um, him, and this is the first time that she's talking to him on the phone, and she says, Jamie. And she says, uh, I have a cold. It's kind of mannish. Uh, it's talking about her voice. And...
0: I felt like that
1: was the one
0: that was earned. Yeah. Because the point is that she has internalized this insistence that she's... Like a dude and that's how everyone sees Her so she's sort of Oh yeah um it sounds bad Because it's me I mean it sounds managed because the phone yeah yeah Mm -hmm. And like that was actually a moment where I Realized like that illustrated For me that she was actually internalizing A lot of this stuff which I sort of assumed she was but you hadn't seen it Yet
1: And and I think that there's A lot of it that um Like not only is she internalizing it but like That that idea of I wonder if this was by design that they kept using a lot of these like you're a man you're manly insults so that she could have that moment but this is such a small moment and to be frank if this was the only moment that this popped up I would have been like yeah but it wouldn't have been that bad it would have been like all right whatever but It wouldn't have been like that. And I I don't think that we needed all that other transphobic garbage to lead up to it.
0: It really doesn't have any bearing on the theme. Like there's a lot of sort of specific like fat phobia that's tackled. Some of it well, some of it less so. But they have in in that same conversation He responds by talking about Like I forget exactly how he, But that there's more to her voice Now and and the implication Is that it's actually a compliment She goes are you calling my voice fat Hmm. And I was like That you know like that feels A little more earned like we've Sort of established why you know Sierra's you know different ways in which She's sort of dealing with you know These sort of sizes and issues and 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 prejudices and it comes back around she actually has a journey with that that she addresses with her parents and she addresses with her friends so that I thought was really good I was like why do you need this other stuff it doesn't make sense it doesn't go anywhere whereas like most of the other things that she struggles with at least have some kind of payoff by the end of the movie
1: yeah I, I completely agree um all right, the next thing I have on here um 38 minutes 43 seconds fun what did I oh man, I'm terrible. Fun movie. Oh, favorite movie. Him Die Hard. Nah, just trying to be manly for oh, you. Nice. And I actually kind of like that. Like that was like that's not necessarily a transphobic. Movie. I wrote it down cuz I was like, actually I kind of like that cuz there are a lot of people that say Die Hard is their favorite movie and it's not. Yeah. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. It's great to use as a tool for how to write a screenplay but it's it's fun it's fine it serves its purpose well that was actually a bit that I thought
0: the movie seeded some good things and never had sort of the payoff because like the jock with the heart of gold is that sort of standard teen trope you know it's in all the makeup the makeover ones and like you know they bet him that he couldn't get her to go to prom with him and then in the process he falls in love with her kind of thing so it was like and and the thing I liked about the character of Jamie is that he was actually very you know in a very modern way like very you know he struggled with the kind of person that he was and you know worrying about what the other guys on the football team would think if they found out that he was you know deep or whatever but also being really honest that he doesn't he hasn't internalized that it's better to be this sort of standard manly thing. And that he's really excited to have found a girl who he can talk to in this sort of more honest way where he can say like, no, it's not actually die hard. It's I forget what he says, but it's something sensitive as I remember. I can't remember what he, what he said it is, but it was definitely like not a, you know, a sort of stereotypical like boys film. And later when he's, on the, the one date with um, Veronica. Is that her name? Wait. Well, that's what you've been saying. Yes, yes, okay. I thought I maybe changed halfway through, but no, it is Veronica. And he even says, he's like, you know, we're the same. Hmm. You know, the the cheerleader and the quarterback on the football team, but really, like, we have these other sides to us, and isn't it nice to find that? Hmm. And the movie just drops it. Yeah. They don't go anywhere with it. Like he was my favorite character because I was just like, like, look at this well-adjusted young man. Like he doesn't make zero mistakes, but he's he was a really great character, and his t- brothers real cool, and
1: they do some weird stuff with that. But he's good. Yeah. Um, let's let's address <laughs> that really quick. Um, I I will freely admit I don't know if it's in my depth to necessarily talk about um, the portrayal of. The brother who is deaf and communicates with, uh, his brother in sign language, um, but then later on, <laughs> shit pizza happens. Um, I I will, f- I and again like I will freely admit I laughed, but I was kind of like I don't know this feels like, I don't know yeah
0: yeah that that is you know Sierra does a couple like really. Bad things but she gets called out for different things that actually aren't as bad as the stuff she gets away with like even at the end like here is an older brother with a younger brother who is Mm -hmm. you know deaf or hard of hearing who communicates via sign language who he clearly has a very like uh, nurturing relationship with and he doesn't ever call her out on the fact that for a while She pretended to be deaf in order to keep up this ruse that so she can't speak to him in her own voice because he'll know it's her. He claims that he'd always recognize her voice. So she has to pretend to be deaf. And he never says anything about it. When he finds out he's mad that she tricked him, he never says that. And if it were me as an older brother that i mean you know like uh, i can't speak too much to you know uh disability and 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 that sort of thing because it's not a part of my life but that would have been the sticking point for me like that's not okay
1: yeah well and and i think that's that's one of the things that like really did kind of stick out to me you you pointed it out is that like she never really pays for the bad things it's just sort of there's this like one thing and it's bad but there are a lot worse things that happen throughout this and I think part of that is by design because it's based on Cyrano de Bergerac and as much as like people want to update certain stories you kind of need to completely change it you kind of need to completely subvert it and not just put the beats in and figure out fun new ways that this can work um like I don't think she should have ended up with him in the end, but I do think that there is a way that this could have ended in a happy way for all of them, that they didn't necessarily need to push each other away. But to give them that specific happy ending was incredibly unearned and just not good. It felt tacked on because they need to have them together. And very much like you were saying, like I'm... This is not uh, a, th- a thing that I have to deal with. Uh, but at the same time, this is something that, like, I... like my So my, my older brother has a cognitive disability, uh, and so we have had to go through a lot of different things with the state and with a lot of... So, like, there is a certain amount of different... It's a very different issue that I've had to deal with, and it's not even my issue specifically, but it's a different issue that my family's had to deal with. Um, and if somebody makes fun of someone for that like I'm a lot more defensive about it because of that like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (sighs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: they should have I had mixed feelings about Lady Bird Mm. and the like very ending when she goes off to college I think is really bad but the like pre-ending where she sort of reconciles with her friend after she's sort of Mm. You know done all these horrible things and kind of ditched Her to try to be popular and try to do other, other These other things and they're sort of Like hey like we're teenagers And it's confusing isn't it confusing I'm sorry that I was mean to you and they kind of Like you know they don't Unconditionally forgive but they sort of address These issues and they realize that they're You know important to each other The whole time and what I wanted Was I want you know it's It is implied that's kind of everybody's Friends now by the end the The friendship between Veronica and Sierra, I think, is is the is the heart mm. of the film, and I think that that should have been the reconciliation that was focused on, yeah. not the one with Jamie. Like, just throw in a little bit at the end where he's like, "Yeah, I'm still mad at you, but I kind of like get it," and I, I you know, I know you're a good person. The other one, like, let's kind of work on a relationship, and you kind of leave it at that. Like, it's but it's got to do that fairy tale thing, right? It's this. Everything you did was kind of wrong, but also this is kind of someone you're fated to be with, and he did fall in love with you. and that counts, even though it was all a lie, and you tricked him into kissing someone he didn't know he was kissing, which is really problematic in real life, but in fairy tales, very sort of standardly acceptable as a romantic yeah. turning point. And I feel like it just it got too caught up in that. And didn't even realize the bits of it where it had told a really good story
1: and touched on some really good themes, yeah, like I would have been very happy if by the end he even if he still took her to homecoming and he said, "Hey, look, we're going as friends right now because I need to get to know you as you, and you gotta do you you did some really fucked up stuff that we gotta talk about. Let me show you how to sign I'm sorry so that you can say that to my brother." we'll end a poem coming like I'm into that I'd be I'd be cool with that like that would be that would be not the ending that people would expect it would not be the ending that people are like and it would not be a forced ending it would be the like oh yeah I guess that's yeah you gotta you gotta kind of deal with that but I'm not cutting you out of my life because there is a part of you that I really do enjoy but I need to get over the fact that you did this stuff yeah yeah Well
0: and in sort of the modern dialogue this idea of you know sort of taking responsibility for your actions we've moved away from this sort of if you're genuinely sorry and you apologize and sort of explain why you did the terrible thing you did that's then forgiveness is kind of owed to you and I I would like to see these stories actually be like no no. Because, you know, he does care about her in some ways because, you know, some of what she did is the reason that she made these mistakes is somewhat understandable. She gets the opportunity to fix it, the opportunity to build a new relationship. It's not just like, okay, we'll just overlook all the bad things you did because you said sorry and just focus on the good things, which is like such an oversimplification of real life.
1: There was, uh, and I know that you'll enjoy this, but there was a an episode of um, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, and I forget exactly what happened because it's been that long and I need to rewatch the series. Yeah, like, and um, Katara, somebody did something terrible and apologized to Katara, and Katara said, no, I don't accept your apology. And it was just this really, like, people were like, well, he, he apologized, and she was like, sometimes... Just because someone apologizes doesn't mean you have to accept it. Uh, They also did this with BoJack Horseman. Uh, BoJack Horseman spoilers coming up ahead. But in BoJack, uh, he goes to meet his old writing buddy so that he can apologize because he basically uh, kind of like took all the glory and ruined his life. And now his writing buddy is dying of cancer. And so his writing buddy just basically says no no, I'm going to be gone, I'm going to die, and you're going to have to deal with the fact that I did not forgive you. And it's just like, yeah, those are powerful moments, but you know what, those are so real. And I don't think that they should have done that here, because this is not that story. This is a story where happy endings need to happen, but I think that there's a happy ending to happen without forcing the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me see if there's any other... I know there are other things I wrote down. Um, Let's see... I'm, oh yeah, she also tries out for the boys' team, the boys' track team, for some reason. I mean, I guess yeah, okay. But that was another
0: plot theme that they dropped, and it also reminded me of like uh, a millennial wrote this script yeah. because there's the whole thing where she's going to the guidance counselor and being like. Oh, how how do i get into college i have perfect grades and the guidance counselor's like well do you have a social media presence how many like vo- how much volunteer work have you done and she's like but i'm smart and i was like that is so real though i remember my college applications in to like going to college in 2004 so applying in 2003 and then being like, colleges don't care about your grades as much as they used to. Like, how many ex- extracurriculars do you have? And I know people who that really sort of caught by surprise. Yeah. Uh, granted, it could still be that way. I don't really know what's going on with college applications these days. I'm old. But the 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 little sort of like, where are they now bit, they do at the end. And they, okay, no, her friend, uh Dan. They say that he got—he talked his way into an all-girls school. What? Yes.
1: <sighs> For those that can't see, I literally just stole the mic away from Silas so that I could just sigh heavily. I—I <laughs> I knew there was a reason I didn't read those at the end. I was just like, I don't care what happens at the end. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Um, but, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yep, shit pizza. Um, oh, okay. I did actually really enjoy Are You a Catfish or a can't fish? Because that was at of least like. Did. Well, that was great because, it, like, A, yes, it was a clever line, but also he was calling her out without calling her out. And, like, he was pushing her to do it, but he was also calling her out. He was like, Look, you're catfishing this guy. Just, just, if you're doing it, just do it. Just, if you're going to do it, just do it, okay? <laughs> I kind of liked. We We should also talk about how Dan is very much the, like, magical queer black friend who's just yeah there it is it's like he's a stereotype the guy playing him seems to be having a great time so it's just like all right I'll, i'll give him that and it's good to have representation but ah no not like this
0: I think we all All, all queer people Who are also want to be actors Have that problem you yeah. are like I want to be realistic And represent And also I want to play around And just yeah. do whatever Silly crap I want to do And get a paycheck for it So I'm like I don't blame the actor at all I think he has a great Screen presence But that character Was just like Every stereotype On one character With like nothing else Going on Other than the charisma That the actor brought To the part But he also Makes that joke About her being A hermaphrodite
1: that's right. Wait, did I not write that down? I, oh wait, wait, hold on. Now. Uh, even if I say she's a hermaphrodite, yeah. What? What was that in reference to? Because that was uh, about an hour in.
0: He was he he. They had just introduced her as the fake deaf person, oh. and he was like with his eyes, like, "What are you doing? This is how you decided to handle it. You're going to pretend to be deaf." So then he says to um to the to the. Boyfriend material. To Jamie. Jamie. I love how I I was like, I'm going to know them, but I won't remember them the entire time. So he says to Jamie, he's like, she's deaf. She can't hear me, even if I say she's a hermaphrodite. And said, no, I mean, she's not. Like, she's all lady parts, but you know, like, like (sighs) he's just trying to, to yell at, he's just trying to make her uncomfortable because he's calling her out for this terrible decision she made, which is a terrible decision and she shouldn't have done. But again, the movie was like, what would possibly embarrass someone? Hermaphroditism. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. Which, which also, just in general, uh, if you're listening and you're not up on the terms uh, for people that, uh, essentially, we, we use the term intersex for, uh, for folks and not hermaphrodite. And the fact that they threw that in is also just like further the fact that they're just like, yeah, we're going to like just make it very clear that we don't give a shit about the queers and in general. And it just it it it, you could probably find a bingo card of how fucking terrible this was to LGBT represent LGBTQIA representation. But uh, fucking hell. Um, did you have something else to say about that?
0: I mean, it just strikes me particularly because you know there's a lot of when when you when you sort of witness it, like transphobic jokes and jokes at the expense of queer people like beyond the subject matter there's sort of like a style like a way you tell a joke, mm-hmm. and the thing that gets me about this particularly transphobic thing that this movie has done is like the jokes aren't even objectively like removing the subject matter done well to embarrass her he could have said literally anything else he could have been like she still keeps her dolls in her room she forgets to flush the toilet and it's gross like anything and they're teenagers like you could just riff on that for hours and the best thing they could come up with was a term that people don't even use anymore like, that, that makes it feel more intentional to me. Like, more than just, oh, we kind of think that maybe this is a thing that teenagers would say because they're crappy, you know, like, they're bad people. Like, that feels like that person was like, no, this is the most embarrassing thing that anyone could ever call you. Not your gender.
1: Yeah, it feels like they don't go for, and, and I, maybe this is at the heart of it, they don't go for character-based insults. They go for just whatever they can think of, and that's just hack writing. Like, insult their character, insult something, find something that'll bite, because that's the thing. He will probably be thinking if he's in this moment of, like, "Uh, I know this person, I know that this is gonna get under their skin, not because I'm specifically trying to get under their skin, but because they're in front of me and they put me in this situation, so I guess I'm gonna talk about how they peed their bed until they were six. Oh, shit! Like, yeah. Hmm. That would be real. Mm -hmm. He's her best friend. He's gotta have dirt on her. Like,
0: What's a secret you told me that I swore I would never tell? But now you're pretending to be a deaf person and that's not okay, so this is what you get. Like, that's that's the joke and also the real, like, undercurrent of it. And they don't manage either.
1: Yeah. Ooh, this movie. Um, I'm very close to being done with my notes. Not cool. This kiss situation... Uh, I guess we could talk about that real quick. Um, we, we do want to start wrapping up, but, oh, man, that kiss. Uh, do you want to describe what happened with the kiss? Okay, I will. No worries. No, you've been doing a great job, but yeah. Uh, so, basically, they um, go out on a date. Specifically, it's uh, Va- Valerie, Veronica, Vivica? I can't remember any of these characters' names. They, t- they made no impression on me. Um, the, the perky blonde cheerleader lady uh goes out on a who looks <laughs> looks like Silas's sister uh goes out on a date with um Jamie who I only remember now because I'm thinking of Jamie Lannister and it's just hilarious in my head <laughs> um the entire time he's just thinking of his sister um so no Jamie goes on a date with <laughs> the perky happy not happy the the cheerleader lady just the cheerleader cheerleader. yeah and thinks that it's the person that he's been going on the date with before uh or that he's been talking to before all sorts of things happen and she and he are outside on his car and essentially she makes some sort of thing as if to kiss him and she's like wait no 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 uh Cover your eyes. Cover your eyes. No, I'm going to kiss you. And then she goes around the car, and Sierra is there. So she grabs Sierra and she's like, No, you're going to do this. What? No, I'm not going to do this. You. You're going to do this. So she <laughs> drags Sierra over there. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of moments where it's like he's about to pull the hands over his eyes, but they stop him. And then Sierra kisses him. And it's supposed to be this great moment, but it's just kind of weird and awkward but not in a teenage way in a uh
0: well like i think that's the thing like it makes sense to me that a teenager in the moment would think this was a really good idea and be all caught up in it and be like oh we were so tricky and i got to kiss the boy that i like and all this stuff and then only later in sort of like the clear light of non hormones and like time to think about things going oh wait wait like there's actually a lot of issues there like I didn't mind so much that the movie did it but I did mind the sort of suggestion that yeah this is just the next romantic moment in a series of romantic moments like even in Ciro, Cyrano de Bergerac like the person knows which face they're kissing the the girl whatever her name I don't remember her name
1: either <laughs> I mean admittedly <laughs> it's been forever so I don't remember any of the names from Cyrano de Bergerac I'm sure it's something like Valerie or Vivica or Veronica or these other (laughs) names that I can think of that are this person. Uh, Because even Sierra Burgess is very similar to Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, (laughs) Alright, I've got... Yeah! I've got one more note. Um, (sighs) I'm not going to les out with (laughs) you. Look, okay, I actually... This was more friendly banter, so it was a little bit more interesting. But then it was responded to (laughs) with, "Why does everyone think I'm a lesbian?" Just like, I just, I just don't know this movie. The
0: movie, the movie doesn't know. The movie doesn't know. I mean, and actually, the line from uh, Cheerleader Girl is, "I." I'm not going to let it out with you. I only do that at
1: parties. That was it. I only do it at parties, yeah.
0: I mean, that's true to life right there. Like, that's real. And I appreciated it being in there. And I just, like, I feel even if Sierra was a little bit uncomfortable with, like, people sort of insinuating on her a sexuality that she doesn't have, it, it, she doesn't handle it in a way that makes sense to me. Yeah. And 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 I feel like it's in the same thing, and that sort of like the man thing. It's like when people are mean to her about her size, when when people you know insinuate other things about her being a nerd or a loser. That makes sense, and it's earned within the story. And this other yeah. stuff is just like, but also, what's a good insult to say to a girl you don't like? Oh, you're a lesbian.
1: Yeah. <sighs> okay, so. Let's wrap this up uh we can we we're gonna ask the questions that we always ask, which is uh was it enjoyable and was it transphobic uh let's start with let's start in that order uh you can make a noise you can use a one to ten scale, however you need to to convey whether this movie was enjoyable. It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> I have definitely hated movies more it it had it had moments in it and i think some of it was that all of the actors were real good and and there was all the main characters had sort of genuine bits that i enjoyed when the movie kind of struck on something that hit home a little bit more for me so i wouldn't watch it again but yeah i've i've definitely struggled more like it was no like Wolverine film or something, <laughs> or wait, the last one was good. I heard I didn't see it, but, oh, but you,
1: watch, you haven't watched Logan.
0: Oh no, I did see Logan. Wait, I did see Logan, and it was good. Yeah, I. How many Wolverine movies are there? Don't answer that. That's not important.
1: If we include Logan, there are three. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've seen the first and the last. I've seen the first one and the last one. Okay. But the third one wasn't good. No. Okay. No. No.
0: Wait, there are three. Yeah. I that's why. I in some in my head I think in my head I think there are four. I don't know why. They, okay. Anyway, it was no X Men Origins Wolverine. That's the first one, right? Yeah. I'm just digging myself a deeper hole. Please take this.
1: <laughs> I I give it uh, three Hugh Jackman as Wolverines out of ten. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I I give it a I do give it a solid three. I think it was. Fine. There were some moments that were okay, but I just, like, I can't remember any of these characters' names. Um, I feel like a lot of it was unearned, but I do like a lot of the performances, and uh, I thought that they, (laughs) I didn't think it needed to be an hour and 45 minutes, to be honest. Yeah, no. Um, All right, so let's move on to transphobic. Again, we can use the same system. You can use a different system. How is it as compared to X-Men Origins Wolverine in transphobia?
0: Oh, was was there transphobia in X Men Origins Wolverine?
1: I assume so, but no, probably probably, probably not. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I was like, no, I was gonna make a Deadpool joke, but I don't think I can find it anyway. Um, this movie was pretty transphobic, but it didn't actually have any trans people, or the one actually queer person didn't wasn't actually a target of any sort of transphobic or even generally queerphobic comments. So, in that way, I think it is, like, ridiculously gratuitous for no reason, but also not coming for any characters, which made it a little bit, at least a little bit easier to watch for me, certainly. So, but it's pretty transphobic.
1: Yeah. The the only time that he experienced anything like that on screen seemed to be uh, when he also decided that he was trying out for the track team, and the coach was like, ah, you too? Ah, oh, my life is hard. I'm a coach. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the line. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: That coach where he was like, we have to let them try out because, like, PC and legal stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, well, okay, that's that also sounds realistic. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know, like, maybe he just didn't like him because he was obviously not very athletic. He had the best
1: outfit, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, you can't fight that. Uh... <laughs> So for me, I would say yes, if we have to go yes or no. It could have been a lot worse, but what was there was just really annoying. And it got to the point where it pulled me out of it, where even if I was kind of going to give this movie the benefit of the doubt, I just, uh eh, why? Yeah, you don't need to see this movie, um, in all honesty. it's It's one of those things where, yeah, if you do, go ahead, but like... Yeah, I don't know. There's no real reason for you to sit down and see it. You've already seen things like it.
0: But I have a question for you. Yeah. As far as the various phobic aspects, mm. would you say that this like movie is more fat phobic? Would you say that it's more um, sort of weird about disability stuff? Like... I feel I feel the need to like rank because I feel I feel like the fat phobia was was worse and it was in everything like it was directed at so many of the different characters in different ways and the best the movie kind of got to was you shouldn't value someone for their size and other things than your looks are more important but being fat is still bad. Also, we have a very loose definition of what fat is because, and I I think that might have been the most like the worst part of the film.
1: I mean, I will admit, uh, I because okay, as far as this particular film, because obviously, like we don't want to get into any kind of like oppression Olympics, and I know that that's not where you were going with this, like that idea of like this thing is versus that thing, but with with the but talking about this particular film and how it handles all the other things. I think with Sierra the fat phobia really wasn't there it was kind of there and it's sort of like ever-present but it was as far as what Sierra is dealing with she's dealing with a lot of bullying because of her looks and maybe a lot of them are tied into her size but for the most part all of the insults towards her and everything that people say and do is very much making her feel like she is not a straight woman uh, and that's bad and a lot of the the, the, the fat phobia and it, occasionally there's there's some thrown at her uh, but a lot of the the fat phobia and a lot of the the size ism I guess uh, I think that's the term I apologize if I'm using a wrong term um, but a lot of that came from the cheerleader her sisters and her mother uh, and it's not necessarily that they were specifically fat phobic portrayals but at the same time it was a very it didn't feel good it felt like yeah like the just even that whole moment where she says to her mom like dad's not dead like because basically the whole thing like the the mother you find out that the cheerleader who is very skinny uh, her mother has been outlawing certain food in the house and is a very uh, is a plus-size woman And very much like you can tell that her and her sisters, uh, or like the the mother and the cheerleader sisters, are based on like Honey Boo Boo and that whole like uh, pageant queen type of uh, mother daughter relationships. And in that, it was just very like okay, I guess that's where you're going with this. Um, but for me like and, and again like it might just be because that's what I was looking for but like yeah like I, I saw the transphobia way more and the rest of it there was at least like a little bit of yeah alright you tried to tie this up but like <laughs> yeah. okay. I, don't, I don't think you did a good job but you tried to tie it up um, but with the, the transphobia and the intersex phobia and the just queer phobia in general that was just sort of like it was looked at as this is normal it's mean, but it's normal, and that was really shit in my opinion um and then I've also got opinions about the the whole her pretending to be deaf, which was very quick, and I think that they she needed to pay for that a little bit more, and we didn't even talk about the fact that she released the nudes of her of her now friend, the cheerleader, which is just fucked up on so many levels.
0: like they weren't it was just it was she just let everybody know that she got it was a screen cap of her getting dumped but so the only thing like it was a mean thing but it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. She just let everybody know th- by posting on her on um the cheerleader's Facebook wall. Here's a screen cap of her getting dumped over DM. Yeah. And like mean, not great, but like pretty yeah.
1: Uh, we didn't even talk we about that. Talk this is really hour, yeah. And there's and there's so much. The other the other quick thing, and then we will end it is that uh, yeah. She went to a party. She took uh, Sierra to a party. The the cheerleader took Sierra to a party. Her uh, the guy from college was there, and they basically. Banged. and basically before that Sierra overheard him say that she that he had been negging which if you're not familiar with that term it's saying mean things and like negative things to your partner in order to get it as a means of control uh, it's used in a lot of pickup culture uh, and essentially like he had been negging her so that she would bang him that night and then they did and Sierra was drunk and couldn't tell her and then he dumped her so. And Sierra didn't even seem to feel bad about that. After I felt bad about that, but Sierra didn't even seem to care at that moment. The movie does not have,
0: know how to do any kind of payoff in anything that it does. Yeah. I was like this is way more important than like eighty percent of what happens yeah. to anyone, and it is just dropped.
1: Like most of these subplots could be a movie unto themselves, and they do. They just sort of just say like, eh, whatever. <sighs> okay. Now we need to end. <laughs> we need to end because we will keep talking about this. And as much as I'm sure there are some people that would love to hear more, uh, I'm done with this movie. Um, so uh, tell people how to find you if they want you to. Are you working on anything that we should know about? Is there... What's what's up with you, Silas? That's a good question.
0: I don't know. It's January. I... I, I... People always make their New Year's resolutions I make my New Year's resolutions in April Because the spring feels much more like a new uh. New part Like starting over Than January does uh, But you can find me uh, on uh, Facebook Silas Barrett On um, Twitter and Instagram uh, Inland.sailor And you can find my work on tour.com. I do a lot of uh, writing for them Including a weekly series called Reading the Wheel of Time
1: Awesome. Uh so for me you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Dear4, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, the number four. Uh you can also find is it transphobic on Twitter at is it transphobic. Uh, on Facebook at the Is It Transphobic Podcast, Generation Lazy, which is going up April 9th through the 12th. It is a piece that I'm really excited to be premiering, uh, and my friend Laura Fox. Actually, funny enough, uh, Laura Fox read the piece that we recorded, written by Silas, uh, called, remind me, what was the name of that one? My Teacher, My Enemy. My Teacher My Enemy, which you can find in the backlog of is the transphobic stuff. So you can hear our producer uh, f- of Generation Lazy reading My Teacher My Enemy, written by Silas. Awesome. So, and you can find more about that at generationlazy.com. Awesome. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. If you're on Facebook right now, if you're not, yes. guess what? If you're watching us live, then uh, we're going to set this to delete after 24 hours. The only way you're going to be able to watch this video is by becoming a patron on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash is it transphobic. Yeah. Uh, and a big shout out to Alex T. Alex was uh, helping us out uh, over the Patreon over uh, the holiday break. So, But thank you all so much if you're patrons. Uh, so Silas, let's do something physical so that the people of Patreon are getting something for their dollar. Yeah. They're such good dancers. <laughs> you can find out if that's true at patreon.com slash transphobic. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, we love you all. Thank you.
0: Is It Transphobic was produced edited and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers.
1: The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.